Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today I am joined by an absolute powerhouse of a leader in the series of Leadership Your Way. Uh, I'm joined by Renee. Renee has a long history of leading large teams in highly strategic but practical workplaces where people, service and positive experiences are at the heart of everything they do. As the head of people at Peregrine Corporation over the past three years, she is a strong people and culture leader with extensive experience and a strong track record in developing and delivering strategic and operational strategic roadmaps, extensive growth and business transformation. She is passionate and motivated to make a positive impact on the lives and careers of people who work within her business. She strives to create a workplace where people want to be a part of something exciting and take ownership and accountability in the organization's success. If you are looking for a very, very uh, high achieving leader who is deeply passionate about the people part of leadership, uh, tune in today. It is an absolute cracker of an episode. Let's dive on in. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife, and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team, and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today, I am very excited to be joined by an absolute powerhouse, Renee Draper. Good morning, Renee. How are you? Good morning. Thanks, Ali. That's very kind of you, powerhouse. (laughs) You absolutely are. We're going to hear more about that today, I think. Uh, So, Renee, for our listeners, tell me a little bit about where you've come from and where you're going. Uh, sure. Um, I'll, I'll probably keep it uh, just across my executive executive career. Uh, so um, I started off um, with an opportunity at a, a very young age to become a uh, executive, um, an operational executive for Mission Australia, yeah. being the first uh, national uh, training and HR ops manager. So. That really kicked off uh, the journey into what I do now. So, but I started in all things operations, uh, really. So, managing the government programs, uh, OTRs, sorry, RTOs, not OTRs. That's what I work <laughs> for now. Um, and uh, really, from there, loved um, and had a real passion for the not for profit uh, world and uh, running youth programs, the the business programs, government funded, um, and really connecting people with the ability to to grow their life and careers, uh, essentially. So I was very, very blessed. Um, Then I had the opportunity to um, move into Bedford. Again, went in there um, as uh, head of HR and training. And uh, again, I had sensational uh, leaders and support and was uh, had the ability to kind of get connected in the job network industry as well, even though I touched on Emission Australia. So the ability to, to expand the portfolio 
um, and work across multiple, multiple complex industries um, in the disability sector. And um, uh, from there was tapped on the shoulder with the opportunity to um, launch into medical um, and probably take on my first ever sole uh, HR role. Um, And I kind of fell in HR. Uh, and uh, so that was exciting. Did, you know, over close to nine years at Benson Radiology as their head of people on culture and eight and a half years there and had the opportunity to experience what I think I'm just so blessed, which is completely restructure and corporatise, you know, a family-run operating uh, business and take it from 12 partners to 25 and a CEO model and, and grow the operations by 75% with hand-picked colleagues. Uh, yeah. So truly blessed. Um, and as you know, all good things come to an end and it was time to kind of launch my career, uh, my next step, and that really was instigated by um, the my daughter finally started school yeah. and I felt that I really had one huge gig in me and uh, I think worlds aligned I got um, asked and uh, got welcomed into uh, Peregrine but most people would know Peregrine which has um, companies underneath that as uh, OTR um, and several of our quick service restaurant brands which is um, ranges from Krispy Kreme, Hungry Jack, Subway, Walk in a Box, GYG, um to name a few and um you know I now uh overall accountable and responsible for just over 6,000 staff and uh soon to be 10 entities and um it's been an absolute delightful whirlwind really in amongst uh throwing in a couple of years of COVID in between that my goodness. Now, I, um, I'm i always very interested when people start leadership at a young age. I too yeah. started very early on and I think age age in itself has a, a limiting factor when it comes to leading and more importantly, influencing people. So with your first gig at or when you first entered into ex- an exec role in Mission Australia, what was the transition like from, um, you know, stepping into that leadership role? Uh, it was... It was awful if I were to be completely, completely honest um, uh, on reflection. But the lessons learnt through that experience, um, I wouldn't have, I would not be where I am today if I had not actually gone through through that. So um, certainly, as a as a female uh, leader, and I'll be truthfully honest, uh, probably the the youngest national. leader uh, working with a more senior dominant uh, male uh, exec team uh, certainly was a challenge Mm -hmm. and um, that was a daily challenge for me Um, having the belief and self-confidence but I had the support of brilliant general manager and um, the CEO Mm -hmm. at the time Uh, but you know I learned the lessons that it's a big step and 
I think I got the first lesson of, you know, uh, a title doesn't automatically get you respect Um, and uh, your ability to give directions. It's all earned through, um, you know, proven results and collaboration and communication and sharing, you know, the vision and the strategy and, you know, all the things that you, you know now you get through your career. But at the time, you know, um and to be honest I, I probably had an eye mentality because uh you're young you're ambitious you want to grow your career it's about what it's in it for you um rather than um team yeah and the way that that should be in the language yes love that you you and we and us uh so you mentioned around the transformation that happened at Benson where you uh, went from 12 to 25 partners, grew the operations significantly, and then you said, I've got one last big gig in me. So tell me what it was that, uh, I guess, excited you about joining Peregrine and in terms of like the one last big gig, you obviously knew that it was going to be a huge job. Yeah, so when I refer to one last big gig, we're the largest South Australian employer mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure that I'm ever going to get a gig bigger than what I've got now um, in South Australia and I'm and um, I'm an Adelaide girl and my children, I want them to grow up in Adelaide. So um, uh, that's why I, I won't be looking at other opportunities elsewhere. Uh, but uh, that's why I say it was last, one last big gig. I, it was the ability to come in and, and support the directors in transforming a family-owned, very large family-owned operating business uh, to a corporate entity. Mm-hmm. Mm. And is, uh, in terms of the transition, there's a huge mindset shift in both the leadership team as well as the yeah. staff as well. So how are you going with that journey at the moment? Um, you know, I... It's been uh, amazing. It's been everything that I thought it would be. Um, I think when I I eventually retire, I'll write a book about, you know, how to transform uh, owner-operated businesses at yeah. some stage. Um, it's a journey and yeah. you need to remember uh, that it's tough, it's a journey, it's frustrating, but as long as I think you've got a clear vision and you're as determined and highly, highly resilient. Um, And, you know, you wake up every day knowing your why. Um, You just keep on nudging. And over time you you reflect and you look at at six months and and we, we reflect every quarter. And I think to myself mentally, you know, we're not going quick enough, but when you truly look what has been achieved in the four and a half years, um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So you and I first met in real life um, at a event. I saw you speaking on stage and you were going through sort of your daily routine and it was a women's conference. So there was a lot of uh, conversation (laughs) in the room and across the conference about, you know, this work-life balance and how do we do it all. And uh, I remember after your your session, I was equal parts like, oh my gosh, this woman is absolutely incredible. And also I need to do more, but also I need a little bit of a rest and a nap afterwards as well. So uh, I know that you're very very driven and a lot of that comes to your big why can you share your big why uh yeah the 
my why is the um, ability to create um, a operational environment where every human um, can be the best version of themselves um, and drive their own career and, and pathway, no matter what that is. And that's very true uh, with Peregrine because we actually get to work with every single age range, yeah. um, you know, uh, across the entire life cycle um, and all generations. And so the why is just the ability to essentially get to that point where people are like, go work at Peregrine. It's amazing. You, you know, you can drive your own career and, you know, there's opportunities everywhere and, and the, you know, everyone can be in the driver's seat. Yeah. I love that. And I, I'm certainly noticing there's a big shift in, in the corporate world around the way that staff are treated, around going, actually, we want them to shine in their own unique way. We don't want people to be carbon copies of themselves. What is it that makes them uniquely sparkle that we can start bringing and implementing within the team? And from what I've seen with some of the team at Peregrine is that you certainly celebrate the differences and the diversity. Uh, yes. And I think that's pretty remarkable. And the fact that that's been your driving why is, is certainly reflecting in uh, the workforce there as well. So in terms of um, resilience, and I think, you know, everyone in, in, in the world, in Australia has, has shown certain levels of resilience because we've had to, what do mm-hmm. you understand resilience to be and how do you build resilience for yourself, but also for your team? Uh, sure. So first question uh, being uh, my definition of resilience, Yeah. Um, you know, is the ability to um, pick yourself up and keep on going. Yeah. Really. In yeah. every single situation. Yeah. Um, how do you create that across? Um, certainly, I think you can offer the tools. Um, you know, I was very uh, honoured to back at M Benson's become uh, uh, RORA accredited, um, which is, you know, a the specific RORA resilience model. So actually equipping myself with qualifications in the areas that I wanted to, to grow and, and not master for an organisation, but master for myself. Yeah. Um, so with resilience is actually... Uh, you know, training your team and supporting your team and, and providing them with the tools to understand the levers mm. um, that they can pull. But it's not just about the professional world. It's holistically life. Um, I'm fully aware that particularly in, in my field that when I'm dealing with an issue, uh, I can guarantee pretty much 99% of the time that the issue is just not solely work. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so um when I I look at people and I, I look at you know every situation on its own unique basis um you know I'm looking at what levers I can help uh pull for that that individual or levers I can guide them to pull themselves yeah brilliant I love that yeah. and in terms of your own I guess resilience tools and self-care well-being what do you do as part of your daily weekly monthly practices uh, well, daily, I I uh, I work out every day. Um, yeah. I think you heard my horrific time of day. 
Uh, yep. but Tell I'm me again. I'm not a 5 a.m. girl. I'm a, unfortunately, I'm a 4 a.m. girl. Oh my God. Um, I get up really early um, and, you know, I enjoy making my children's lunches and having my my short black before I, I, I hit my the CrossFit world workout um, and that refills my cup. Yeah. Um, can't say I'm, I kill it every day, but I show up despite yeah. if I want to or not because my mind is actually trained to automatically go to like the 3 p.m. where I'm feeling exhausted and cranky yeah. and no one wants to be around me. So that's really important. Yeah. Uh, and uh and so and then I'm I'm straight in a, I set my priorities I've got top three priorities for the day um I've really worked on mastering the art of productivity yeah yeah um and uh shaping out the noise and for me and and for leading a really large uh team um I have like 72 team members um in yeah. the across the kind of people and culture function yeah and um you know it's all about rhythm Ooh, it's all about rhythm. I love that can you expand on that uh sure so um so our rhythm it's you know it's a bit like you know a rhythm of a talent uh management cycle uh but our rhythm is uh all about so um setting your top three priorities um everyone understands um you know what uh is expected of them so uh each team member has what we call um an a player agreement which yeah. is essentially a very clear performance contract yeah. um that's uh you know uh, written in consultation with them and we and we sign up to our big hairy audacious goals for, for the hag love it um and uh so and then we set our routines from there so i have a um essentially a, a i call it the fast five on a monday yep. where i go through and we recognize um you know the wins and the areas we need to work on and set the priorities across the team for the week um and look at the metrics we've we've got to look at and then the team go quickly through and went through there uh, top priorities and then each of the team and their sub-departments have their huddles so they share an operational metrics um, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about if you're very interested um, our culture is really based on the Rockefeller habits oh um, cool I didn't know that yes yeah. uh, so and um, if no one's done it or listened uh, Scale Up um, is a sensational uh, book from Vern Harnish and um, uh, some great training if anyone's interested. But they're really all based. Um, so we have our huddles and then it's all about meeting regime, uh, yeah. really. Yeah. So yeah. everything has a really set agenda. It's all very regimented. Um, it's always reviewed annually. Um, we've got weekly reporting. You have your monthly reporting. Yeah. Um, and then we have our, you know, fortnightly, weekly coaching and catch-up sessions as well um and every team member has a, a individual development plan which they're responsible for driving because yeah. we're driving a, a growth mentality so the people that fit well with us is the ones that drive their own careers yeah brilliant. um and then we roll into quarterly reviews six monthly reviews um and just really keeping on track that you know who what when what's happening after every meeting so 
Um, you don't always get it right and there's always business uh, disturbances, uh, but I'm pretty regimented about reflecting and going, okay, we've lost track. We're going to get back into the routine. You set the routine. Um, and I guess that's kind of a bit like my personal life. Uh, it's pretty pretty regimented. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my, my babies, they don't know any difference. My, yeah. my husband doesn't know any difference. They, they operate on my regime. So, but that's what keeps us happy and yeah. works for us. Does not to push how I do things on others, but, you know, uh, it just works for me. I love it. And I always think the more structured you are, the more freedom you have because you're able to get everything sort of aligned. But what I really loved um, was when you were first expanding on it around setting your priorities, clear expectations and the A player agreement. And I think in this day and age, we're so overwhelmed with which thing to do first. We're trying to do a little bit of everything at the same time. And you're already an expert in uh, productivity mastery. So you would know this, but having that clear rhythm and cadence and discipline to go, okay, what is it that we actually are focusing on? What's our priority for the day, for the week, for the month, for the quarter can absolutely change the way that a team operates. Is that sort of where you're focusing on at the moment? Because you guys are moving so quickly and you've got, you know, just a a small handful of staff to look after by the time we're talking 6,000, there's not really a lot of uh, time, I guess, to wonder what's coming next. Uh, no, but um, you have to make time. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in time blocking. Yep. Um, so I time block to, to think. Ah, so I, you do block out white, white time. 100%. So yeah, I, I can tell you the reason I can do this podcast is because Fridays um, is all blocked out. Oh, we're in thinking time right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yay. So, but I, I see this as as thinking time because as I, I talk, I self reflect my myself. So, um, uh, yes, I I have to. I'm I'm don't wouldn't have the ability to to lead the team um, or actually contribute at a senior exec level if I I didn't reflect mm. on what has been, what I've got coming. Yeah. You know, I've got to lead a very large, complex, uh, and navigate uh, through uh, that, and that takes time. That takes thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think I remember from your session. Do you actually do this every? You do your reflection every night. Every every night. Every night. So, um, yeah. so in in the mornings, as I'm drinking my coffee, uh, but my self reflection every night when I I drive home. Um, and if I'm home, um, I, I basically I don't shut down until I've just noted uh, the day and plan yep. for the next. Yeah, yep, that's your turn it off. Doesn't, uh, the more you do it, the quicker it gets. <laughs> yes, yes, you get yep. into a bit of a cadence on reflection yep. and reflect, reflective practices yep. as well. So if you were to reflect on your career so far, what do you think would be some of the key highlights? The key highlights, um, you know, I think uh, one surviving some of my my <laughs> leadership yeah. experiences. Yeah. Um, uh, but as I said, you know, reflection is um, through every very tough experience you lean into. Um, it's, it depends what lens you put on it, and mm-hmm. and I choose uh, to look. Um, for the learning in yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be here if I didn't have that view. 
so, you know, if I, I call out some of my biggest highlights was the transformation of Benson uh, radiology and the the people and the culture and, and what we achieved there. And I would still consider them family. Yeah. Um, and, and here is uh, the achievement that, you know, when I arrived, we're about 140 stores and we're going to yeah. hear over 200. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I've earned the respect and the trust of the senior leadership team and my directors. And I think that's a huge achievement. Mm, mm. So when you're saying you're, you've earned the trust, was that deliberate? Like, did you go in with a strategy when you first joined Peregrine? You're going, you know what, I've learned, I've learned from my early leadership days that uh, just because I've got the title doesn't mean I get the influence. Did you have a specific strategy on how you would connect with those uh, senior leadership team, how you would collaborate to be able to earn and um, cultivate that, that environment of trust? Uh yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, anyone that's been in a, a senior HR leadership position, sometimes I have to make decisions that are very unfavourable mm. uh, to move the organisation forward. So if I was to be really frank, my job when I got here uh, quickly, um, and I, I think I'd do that because... I really am aligned with the values here. I generally uh, care. That's mm. really, and first of all, my, my value. Mm. So um, showing how much I care. And I had to make some really tough decisions. So to be honest, I established trust and I structurally I had to make some decisions to move the organisation forward and I lost a lot of trust. Yeah. Um, but now, ever you know, I'd say I'm ultimately best best mates with uh you know all those people that I probably lost it with and yeah. have the the respect and um and that goes both ways and it's a journey but I think you know being vulnerable um but maintaining the line of professionalism and confidentially uh what I have to in my role and yeah um trying to communicate as uh openly as I can without breaching that yeah 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 absolutely my goodness, you have been on quite the journey and uh, it's so inspiring, particularly, I mean, I love a, a, a productive meeting that's got an agenda and, you know, a set outcome. Uh, if you could do your time again yeah. or, you know, for any of those upcoming leaders, what would be your top five tips for them or for yourself if you could go back in time? My top five tips. Um, uh, I think um, learn very early. Um, what motivates uh, the organisation um, culturally Ooh, good and um, move on that as quickly as possible. And um, don't, and I've never done this, so I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm certainly saying because I, I see it for myself in people that I hire in where don't come in or assume or apply what you think's worked somewhere else. Mm. Um, really listen, get to understand how things and why things and decisions were made yep. and respectfully um, and slowly change them. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I think 
you really have to invest in yourself. I find it really interesting when people come to me and say, where is the company's training or development plan? I go, well, what would you like to do? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer and I have the support of some amazing directors where I'm, I'm not, I don't believe in, you know, yes, he's a mandatory training. Here's things you can tap into, but no one gifted me my career. No one gifted me the, the in, um, you know, I paid for all my own learning mm-hmm. and development and continue to. Um, so invest in yourself mm-hmm. uh, early mm-hmm. um, and make sure you just continuously have a growth mindset and never think you know better than anyone. And I think, you know, the if I was to go back in time really early on, I would always just hire people better and smarter, smarter and quicker yeah. than, than I am. Uh, yeah. and never, never be afraid. But I think you lose that when you're an up and coming leader. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think the entrepreneurs of this world have that, that right. They specialize in a particular area and they hire the specialists in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you know what, it's all about communication and, and rhythm and mastering the arts, uh, that get you, allow you to get quicker and faster and better at what you do really love it absolutely love it so learn learn very early on what motivates the organization uh to make sure you're not coming in and applying something that worked previously before but might be the wrong fit for that particular culture um really listen to how and why decisions were made uh invest in yourself in your own growth uh developing a growth mindset and your own learning and development and professional development uh hire people that are smarter and better uh, and the experts or specialists in their field absolutely and uh, getting that communication and rhythm. I love that last one. I think that's that's a favourite of mine, getting yeah. the rhythm in. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, Renee, on a Friday on your white, white space. Uh, if people wanted to connect with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on, on LinkedIn. Um, I won't always get back to you quickly, but I, I will get back to you. <laughs> It's like a Pantene ad, isn't it? It won't yes. happen overnight, but it will happen. Oh, no. I always ask. Just be patient with me. I get there eventually. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today, Renee. You've been fantastic. I will add all of the links of what we've talked about today into the show notes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ellie. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.